Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I'm so happy you've joined me. Welcome. So let's start things off and let's talk a little bit about what we've been seeing in the news with OSHA. So OSHA is moving, finally, and uh, certainly not from their lack of trying, is we are in hot weather season. We're already there. It's July and most places we're seeing some pretty extreme temperatures. Where I live in western Kentucky, we've last week was heat advisories for most of the week. It was exceptionally hot, very humid, very little wind. So the temperature was in the extreme area. And there's people that work outside and inside both that are affected by very extreme conditions. And so OSHA has been looking at a heat stress policy for quite a while. Uh, There's been demands for an emergency standard. There are more and more demands coming that OSHA evaluated. There's been trial cases in the court. Uh, Certain cases even looked at, is the heat index value added or is it scientifically proven to have an effect on the, the human being? And the trouble with the standard is that there is so much technicality to it. There is so much to look at, like certain people who are acclimated. How do you acclimate? How does the individual, based on their body, actually involve with the heat? So this is more than just throwing out a temperature and throwing out time limits or methods of prevention. It's really tough, and it is very much something that requires a lot of thought and science. And I think the hardest part is to take this very complex subject and make it simple enough to where there can be a law written that people can follow. So as a safety professional, I have seen that heat stress is important. There is, we need to do something about it. And as a safety professional, as I'm sure you have encountered yourself out there, is that when we get into the world of heat stress, whether it be indoor or outdoor heat stress, there's guidance that we have, but there's no firm like thou shalt do this and it will protect your team and assure that things are okay. And this is difficult for two ways. One is, am I providing the right amount of protection for my team? Am I doing everything I can as a safety person to advocate for our team to continue to work and be healthy at the same time? 
But on the opposite side, the organization wants to make money. They need people working. They demand that this work be done, and there's a need for this work to be done. Especially in agriculture, which is very time-based, you can't let things sit too long or it's no longer available for you to do. So there's understandable of that there's idea that we need to get the work done in a certain amount of time. How do we do it safely? How do we set a work-rest regiment? What does a rest period look like and where should it be? And how much air or air conditioning should be available and how often do you rotate? Do you need to increase your crew size so that you can rotate that work in and out? Very difficult to study that, to understand it. And there is a difference between the indoor and the outdoor heat environment, direct sun versus non-direct sun. And yet I understand the wet bulb temperature index does take into account a lot of this. But again, the science is very complex based on, in a lot of it looks at like calorie burn. As you as an individual, how are you burning calories and exuding energy during that hot period? Are you acclimated to it? Have you had a heat stress illness in the past? All of it factors into how well the human being will perform in that temperature and if they will be okay working in that temperature. And for OSHA to create a standard that is all-encompassing, it is difficult. The small businesses and even some large businesses are worried that it will be too restrictive. Now, in my opinion, it has been hard at times. Not that I have had uh, not done the right thing ultimately, but it's been hard to prove that we're doing the right thing when it takes such a significant cost to do it, which, again, I understand a business is to make money. I, I get that. But at what, at what expense? The human body should not be the expense of work. We should protect our team. We should do it the right way. And heat is absolutely a killer. From a safety professional standpoint, I want to be able to have that standard, to be able to say, look, here it is. This is our minimum best practice for protecting our people. Now, how do we go above and beyond? How do we make it better? How do we protect our team? And now we don't have that. We're going off best guidance and guesses and even enforcement. For instance, in the remote workforce that we have now, if someone is working remote and they're in their client site or they're in a miscellaneous location, how are we validating that they're doing the things they should do, that they have the water, they have the rest area, they have shade? If those are even going to be part, I expect they will be part of any type of legislation that comes. But how do we guarantee it's there? How do we verify that people are using it? There is still some mentality out there of that, I work in this all the time. I can handle it. I'm stronger than you. I'll work longer and harder and hotter. And then there are those who are looking for the leadership and the guidance of it's rest time. Come on, take a break, go sit down. One of the managers I worked with, he was a production ops manager, and I really thought he was fantastic. During the hottest part of the year, he would walk out where there is a very hot area, hard to get airflow. We tried. It was air conditioned. There was some airflow, but it still got very hot. He would go back there, and, and he would 
take hours at a time. And he would find, and he would give people extra rest periods. He would look at them and go, you know what? You've been, you're look, you look hot. You look sweaty. Maybe you're not in, in, in any type of danger, but you know what? Go take five. I'm going to fill in for you so that when you come back, you're not swamped with stuff to do. I'll fill in for you for 10 minutes. Go sit down and get a water. Come back, and then he would walk down to the next person. Hey, why don't you go take an extra break? I'll fill in for you. Wow. Living it. Showing it what it was all about. And we need the regulation. We need the standard to be able to show, to be able to use it to set the standard for what we need to be doing versus just guidance. I'm in full support of something. We need it, and we need it sooner than later. This has been going on way too long. We have known heat is a problem forever. It's always happened, and we need something. So let's talk more about that when we come back for more Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. It's time to rehumanize the workplace. Having the means and methods to engage and empower your team is more important than ever. Fortunately, TSD Amalgamated is here for you. They focus on better understanding your organization's culture through team building, safety auditing, personal assessments, leadership training, and compliance-based systems. Their staff has the training, knowledge, and experience to help you achieve safety, compliance, and beyond. Visit tsdamalgamated.com for more information. Welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Again, I'm your host, Mark, and I am so happy you've joined me. This week, we're talking about the heat stress because it is heat stress season. We're there, and it is more than ever apparent that we need something in place from OSHA to guide us to assure that we have a standard that we absolutely follow. Because up to this point, it's all been a lot of recommendations. There's nothing that has been solidified. There's even been some court trials that have shown that certain elements of it may not be admissible, like using the heat index, for instance. We need something that tells us as a safety profession and helps us advocate so we know what's safe and what's not. We know we can look at someone and say, that's dangerous. But a lot of times when we're making the argument to those that are the decision makers, the the leadership, we have to rely on the fact that there's a law or an agreement or something that tells us right from wrong in heat stress or for anything. Like, this is a good guard. This is a lockout tagout program. Heat stress has been around forever. Agriculture has been part of modern society and it has always been troublesome in heat people suffer heat stress it is not only dangerous it is deadly and we need a standard for it it has gone on too long and i've seen a lot of great articles written that how much longer are we going to have to wait to see something that is in paper not just a, a, a rest water shade not just a recommendation to follow certain work rest regimens but an actual law that we can stand on to protect our team from the dangers of heat stress and again there's safety we're doing it now i have a heat stress policy we do things in a lot of i've worked for a lot of companies that have a heat stress policy and we've done a lot for heat stress. And again, it's been because we have had to 
advocate. We've had to show science. We've had to show data. We've had to make the arguments. And I'm sure you've been there. You've had to make that argument of, yeah, there's not a law, but under general duty, we have to protect our people. This is dangerous, even though people know it's dangerous. But what they don't know is what should they be doing more to protect? Because you'll hear all kinds of different stories. Well, you know, that's just part of the job. Or they know it's going to be hot. Or they're acclimated already. Or we hire tough people. It doesn't matter. We're still in the business of protecting our most valuable asset. That is our people. And heat stress is one of those that is the hardest to argue around and to debate about because there is so many variables. And I I think that's part of it, is that how do you find a simple, easy-to-follow OSHA regulation that you can follow that would help protect people from harm and death? That's the key. And we've been too long without it. I've said that before. We, We need more to protect our people. Humanizing the workplace. It is the leading and learning through safety podcast. And I may have told the story before on an episode at some point or the other, but I'm going to tell it again because it's so pertinent and so scary. My wife sometimes travels around for different fairs and things. She does henna, face painting, pottery, uh, a lot of artsy stuff at these festivals. And we were at one and it was blistering hot, probably the hottest. And they said it was actually the hottest time they'd ever had this festival, that it was the hottest temperatures ever. And the guys that were setting up the carnival rides were setting up the carnival rides as we were setting up her tent. And we heard a commotion and we saw a guy, I look over and there's a guy laying on the ground and he's dry heaving, he's shaking, he stopped sweating, wasn't good. And I, I, of course, at that point, start to think I'm going to intervene to see what's going on and to help this person because I didn't know what was happening. I thought it probably was heat related because it was rough and they were working really hard. And about the time I'm about to intervene, I see the EMS personnel pull up and they're assisting the person. Sure enough, it was heat stress and they, they package him up and they take him to the hospital to get some fluids. And the rest of the crew is still there and they're still working, still going at it. And the supervisor at that point comes out with the cooler, like the the spout cooler that you just fill up with water. He puts a water hose in it. He fills it up with water and goes, hey, guys, uh, I broke the water cooler out. It's time to get some water. What? What? Now's the, okay, we've, we've had one guy go down. I now get to provide the rest of you with water. It was unbelievable to me absolutely unbelievable because my kids were there. They saw it and they were asking me what's wrong with that person. And um, that's heat stress. That's what happens when you work too hard in the heat, the blistering sun, and you don't take a break. And I don't know how long they'd been working before we got there. And then after we'd been there for a little while, the person became ill and we realized it. But then the supervisor is like, Oh yeah, I've had this empty cooler It's available for you. Let's fill it up with some water. Everybody come and get a drink. I know you've been working out here in the sun for who knows how long. Now is the time that you should come and get some water. I was like, wow, that is an indicator. That is, that's your sign? So after we have someone need an ambulance, uh, 
because of a heat-related illness, you all get a water break. So it's survival of the fittest. And I think, again, it was said best. I said this last week. I read it on Jordan Barab's, uh, uh, his blog, Confined Space, is that this is a situation where we have failed to survive the workday. <laughs> what a classification. So once someone is finally, and there's, I'm sure this is a group that does this all the time. I wonder how many times they've seen someone become violently ill on the edge of having something very serious that could lead to death before they were able to take a break and get a drink of water. How many times had they seen this? How normal was it? Because they weren't really shaken by this person. It was a little bit of commotion, but it was really more like, okay, well, we'll keep working. Somebody will come get him in a minute. Unbelievable. We need a standard. We need enforcement for heat stress for a lot of different workers in a lot of different places. And I'm really interested in seeing what OSHA can do, whether it be an emergency temporary standard, finally, or maybe something more. We need it. So I'm very happy that you joined me for this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Hope you'll join me for more episodes. I will be coming up on the My Health and Safety podcast here in a few weeks. Was super excited to record that. So a little plug there. Check out that podcast. I'll be on there at some point. And until next time we chat, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.